Kingston will be going to Riley tomorrow to have his port taken out. I don't think he needs uh, medicine or anything like any anymore, right? They wouldn't be taking all that out if it wasn't. Uh, what a wonderful thing that the Lord has not done in Kingston's life, but the church's life through that and through this parent's life. And I saw parents that... Uh, that uh, I see parents today that follow God a lot closer than they did when that started. How's that? And that is an amazing thing to, to watch because so many other parents will pull away when something like that happens, but they didn't. They kept going forward. Train rider. I want to show you a clip from the 1960s. How many of you are uh, 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 John Wayne fans? Come on, man. I know the young guys don't know him, but you still got to love John Wayne, right? One of the, one other, another guy, Dean Martin, they played in two or three westerns together. And John Wayne, just, to me, was just a, you know, he's just a man of men. Uh, in the military, went through everything, and just, he, just a, a wonderful man. But what I'm, Shreed, I'm showing you this, in the 60s, these men, today we don't find too many men like that. And they get on stage, they get in front of the camera, and they'll talk about being a father and about God. And you just don't see that anymore, especially in, in Hollywood. So a lot has changed from that time to this time. And so, dads, you've, you're called in this time, so we need to learn how to react in this time. And nothing's really changed except the things around us. We're still, we're still men and women and children of God. God's word hasn't changed, but our surroundings have changed. And the reason we call this sermon train rider is I'm going to give you, we have, there's two ways to live, and everybody knows this. I'm, that's all I preach on is two different ways. But let me ask you something before I show this clip. If you had two trains sitting there, these old, old time trains, and there was two trains, one over here, one over here, or vice versa, whatever, and one train was full of old time saints and, and good preachers and good deacons and good men of God, uh, Sunday school teachers, and just men of God, good, loyal men of God, and, and they were just full of faith and just full of love and joy, and they loved their families, and they would die for their families. They would do anything for their families. They would not leave their families, but stay there, and no matter what takes place, and they'd stay there and sometimes go through the most rough, rough, hardest things in the world, but they would stay there. And you get on another train, and you see men like Adolf Hitler, Mussolini, so many evil men. Jeff Domery. There's so many evil men throughout time. Genghis Khan. Over and over again. And you see these men, like if you go to a prison and you look in that prison, you say, my goodness, I don't really want to, I, I don't fit in over there. The thing is, you, you've only got two choices, dads. You got this train full of saints that love the Lord, that, that live a, try to live a righteous life, and you've got a train with the most evil people that ever walked on the face of the earth. Judas, right there on that train. Pharisees, right there on that train. A lot of preachers on that train even. They're false prophets, and, but they're right there, and you know it. And every day you've got to get up and you say, which train am I, which, which I going to ride on? It shouldn't be a hard choice. I really don't want to get on a train with Adolf Hitler, okay? 
or Obama, whatever his name was. I don't even want to mention the guy's name. No, I'm talking about Bin Laden. Oh, I said the wrong one, didn't I? I'm sorry. I don't want to get on that train. I don't want to get on a train with a lot of our politicians, a lot of our past presidents, but there are a few I would love to get on with because they're on the right train. And when I get on that train and I start to see their lives unfold, if I start to spend the time and read about their biographies and autobiographies and how they lived their lives, great men like Tozer and Billy Graham and Franklin Graham, Adrian Rogers and Johnny Hunt, which is a great pastor down in Georgia right now, Pastors a huge church down there. Some great men. Harold Hunter, another great man of God. You say, I don't know these men. I know, but I do, and I, they're great men of God. I'd love to spend time and ride a train with them where it's just the, 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 the scenery is wonderful and peaceful, and you've got nothing to do but spend time with people. And that's the train rider. So you've got to, every day, Dad, you've got to get up, and you say, what train am I getting on? What train am I getting on? Go ahead, please. I gotta talk fast because I'm not used to being this high without my parachute. <laughs> Besides, this horse is due back on the merry-go-round by 11 o'clock. I'll tell you the truth is, only one guy in the world I'd do this for. And he just happens to be the nicest guy there is. And I want to bring him out now, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. John Wayne. Sure do sit a horse well. I can't tell you how happy I am to have you on the show. Well, I can't tell you how glad I am to be here. Eh? Yep. I sure want to thank you for getting me such a good horse. That ain't no ordinary horse, pal. They don't say that horse was a zebra before the white knight went by, you know. <laughs> I'm working on a western right now with Kirk Douglas, and I sure wish you were with us. Now I gotta give up westerns. It's too hard to read the cue cards when I'm galloping along. <laughs> two westerns together and you never missed a line don't let this get out pal but i was riding mr ed and he never missed a line <laughs> tell me duke of all the pits you've ever made what's your favorite well one i had taken last week with marisa my eight-month-old daughter oh, well that's nice pal. you know <coughs> i think it's well you, you having all those kids and especially now having a new little baby i'm i'm proud of you duke well i'm proud of you too dean you know you've got seven you haven't exactly been sitting around staring at walls, either. Well, well, Duke, everybody, you know, seems to love you. And let me ask you something. They all want to know. Here you are, one of the biggest stars in the whole world, been making pictures for 37 years, got a spanking new daughter. Now, what do you want for her, Duke? Well, uh, same as any parent wants, I guess. I'd just like to... Stick around long enough to see she gets started, right? I'd like her to know some of the values that we knew as kids. Some of those values that too many people these days are thinking are old-fashioned. Most of all, I want her to be grateful as I am every day of my life to live in these United States. I know it may sound a little corny, but the first thing my daughter is learning from me is the Lord's Prayer. 
some of the songs. And I really don't care if she ever memorizes the Gettysburg Address, just so long as she understands it. And since little girls are seldom called upon to defend their country, she may never have to raise her hand for that oath. But I certainly want her to respect all those who do. I guess uh, that's about what I want for my daughter, Dean. I'm proud to know you, Duke. Times have changed, haven't they? I don't think John Wayne would be welcome too much in our world today. Isn't that a shame? A train rider. Fathers, a robust, a robust family requires a dad with a robust faith. Somebody say that word for me. I'm not getting it. Say it again. Why am I saying robust? Robust. I, I, I don't hear sounds. I get tired of not being able to hear things. Fathers, a robust, fathers, a robust family requires a dad with robust faith. I, I'm going to read it, and you guys yell out that word, okay? Fathers, a family requires a dad with faith, courage, and patience. Courage and patience. We talked a lot about faith last week, and, and for a dad in this, in this day and age, I would think faith is one of the most important. It's always been one of the most important, but is, is one of the, the things that you must have, and it's got to be faith in our Lord. And courage to live your life so your family sees character and integrity in your life, and it comes from the Word of God, from the Word of truth. And patience to deal with teenagers. From about, any more from about, you know, they grow up faster these days, you know. Luke, over, where, where's Luke? He knows more at his age than I knew when I was 16. They just grow up faster. They, the technology and all the information is right there at them. So when you look at that, you've got to understand, dads, you need to be a little sharper than I was. I didn't have to worry about all that technology. My kids, when they were in high school, wanted a beeper. I think we finally broke down and gave them one so we could beep them all the time. <laughs> Where are you at? And I know Vicky was always on them. So we gotta be we gotta be aware of these things and aware that of the changes and things that are going around us, especially grandfathers too, because a lot of grandfathers are being called to raise children these days. So there's two trains. One we talked about earlier. Which one which one should I ride? One is Tried and true. It's, a, it's the train of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's as tried and true as, as, as long as time's been around. We know what it is. If you know the Word of God, if you know the truth, you know what it is. And a lot of us have been on both trains. What's the guy that you sing that, sang that train years ago, old black train? Josh somebody? Josh Turner. That's a, I love that song. Me and ba uh, Braden, when he was little, he'd just shout that out. Black, that old black train, he'd just shout that song out. It was just a true understanding of what, what it is. Satan wants us on that black train. So there's these two trains. One is tried and true. Men have, have faith, have ridden it since biblical times. It is the train of truth where men discover what to do and what not to do. I'll tell you what, a lot of men, you, you discover what not to do because of the things you did, right? I discovered a lot what not to do to be a pastor, to be a dad, and be a, a grandfather because of the things I did. 
And so if I don't pass those things along and try to pass those things along, and I know Braden and Luke, my grandkids today, and, and Bailey and, the, and Grace and Ava, I'll talk to them about their, I know they don't, they're just in one ear and out the other. I know it. Sometimes I've got to go and plug one ear up for them. But it's because I've learned these things, I don't want them to go through those things. The other train is where dads spend time self-imploding, having, no, having little time or energy to discover the real purpose, which is your family. It's your family. You know, once you have a child, whose child is that? Come on, dads. Who's, once you have a child, whose child is it? It's your child. It's your child. God never meant for you to turn your child over for somebody else to raise. There may be circumstances when somebody gets hurt or, or something goes on or death or something like that, but if you're able to work, if you're able to stand and breathe, that's your job to take care of your child. Am I being too hard on you, dads? That's kind of a, to me, that's just kind of an old John Wayne thing. That's just simple, simple truth. Or you have little time or energy to discover their real purpose. In Timothy, the last couple of verses we'll be in today, right before we get started in Timothy, there's a verse about money. And that was one of my problems. It was always chasing after something I could never catch. You ever go to a dog race and watch that rabbit run around there? Them dogs, they'll just die trying to run and chase that rabbit. You know what? They never catch that rabbit. You know why? It's rigged. <laughs> They're not going to catch that rabbit. So sometimes, Dad, we've got to quit trying to chase something that you're never going to catch and be satisfied and happy with what God has provided for you at that time in your life. If you're not riding the right train, chances are your family isn't either. Now, there's some wonderful, strong women out there. In fact, there's a lot, a lot of strong women out there that raise their families without their husbands going to church and with different things, and I, I, just, I just think the world of them because they're doing something they weren't, supposed to do their fathers the husbands are supposed to do those things and because men are so eagerly to drop the ball and go fishing or do whatever they want to do instead of letting their family learn about the lord jesus christ the mothers pick them up so i commend the mothers for doing such wonderful work there may be many stops while riding the good train in other words there's a lot of stops of people getting on and other people getting off but but i'll tell you what you have to be on that train because of the, but the tracks always lead to heaven amen if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, the tracks lead to heaven. Go ahead, please. Courage does not come from books or pride, but through humility, truth, love for your family. Let me read that again. Courage does not come through books or pride. How many dads deal with pride? Come on, raise your hands. How many of you deal with pride once in a while in your lives? We just do. They come through humility truth and love for your for your family you know there's one thing i think a child under love wants more from their dad than anything and i'm I, this is my thoughts i think it's safety i think a, a, a child wants to know they're safe a small little child that looks up and they just want to know they're safe. And in the world we live in today, so many children, they don't, they don't have that luxury anymore. But the men of God, your children should feel safe when they're around you. Do you agree with me or not agree with me? I mean, I just think that's just a, 
to feel safe. I, I, I don't ever remember a time in, in my childhood where I didn't feel safe around my dad. I never ever dreamed that he would put me in a, in, a, in a position that would cause me harm. I always felt safe. Whether I was hunting with him, I'd be hunting, and he'd always, say, he'd always look back and he'd say, right behind me, son, stay right behind me. And I knew that there was a reason he says, I'd be a little guy. And he'd be have that hunting jacket on with them rabbits on and quail and all this. We'd be out hunting. Stay right behind me. Don't you dare get beside me. Stay right behind me. And I knew why. He was concerned for my safety. So I always felt safe around my dad. And I, and I hope that our children can feel safe. And if we're on the right train with Jesus, I know they can. Because our integrity and our character is being built through the life that we're showing them. Courage. Courageous living is looking beyond the comfortable to the uncomfortable. And I'll tell you, Dad, there's going to be a lot of times, I've got some different props up here, but there's going to be a lot of times you've got to do what? Put the hammer what? Put the hammer down. Brad, come here, boy. <laughs> uh, nope. Now you did hear that. Don't you feel safe, Brad? Nope. There's times that we have to do what is uncomfortable because we're what? We're dads. I mean, you just got to do what's uncomfortable. Ray lied to me years ago. Yep, there, Ray? Nope. You're in there. You got them headphones on. You hear me. Hey, I, he lied to me. He was, I don't know what he was, 13 maybe. 16. <laughs> and I said, Ray, don't lie to me no more. So I think he got smarter about lying to me. But he, he lied to me again. And I said, I told you if you lied to me, I was going to whip you. And you said, well, don't do that. Well, I don't know the Bible says spare the rod, spare the child. So I said, Ray, head to the barn. Ray's improved since then. Does that help you? Ray head to the barn. And I, Ray was, he didn't defy me. He went to the barn. He knew I'd probably kill him if he didn't. So he went to the barn. I grabbed me a piece of one-inch PVC. I said, bend over, boy. And I whacked him. And I whacked him several times. And I'll never forget that, and never will he. I didn't do it because I was mad at him or because I didn't love him. I did it because I told him. I said, if you lie to me again and I catch you, I'm going to, you're going to get it. I followed through. Now, they might put me in jail for that. I don't care. I'm going to follow through with what I told my son there. You followed through, Dad. You do what's uncomfortable. Did I like doing it? Absolutely not. And I didn't do it that hard, but he said, where's that down? I did. First thing he did was go down there and show Vicky his little red marks. What do you expect? I hit you with a piece of PVC, boy. Now, did it do any good? Well, it would seem like for years it didn't do any good. But if you look up there today, it seems like to me it did do some good. Amen. Now my other boys, and I'm just telling the same story as you dads can tell. In fact, if you've got a story about your kids you'd like to tell, you just raise your hand. I'll, you, I'll, you can be whatever you want, Dad, and I'll let you give you a couple minutes, and you can just tell a story. Because I'd love to hear stories about your family. 
Like I told you before, Brad and Ryan never gave me a whole lot of trouble. I was very blessed with them. I whipped them when they were younger, and they knew not to either hide it good or not do it later. And they turned out, both my boys love the Lord. They're both in church, and not because of me, because of the grace of God. Because I didn't raise them right. But boy, God was looking over us. Amen? I raised them on the wrong train. I raised them where I wanted to chase the dollar and chase whatever else. Until God grabbed a hold of me and shook me up. So courageous living is looking beyond the comfortable to the uncomfortable. Some of you can get mad at me and say, I should never have done that to Ray or this, that, and the other. Well, I'll let God be the judge. Any father's got a story you'd like to tell? Good deal. It hurts. I hear that, Riley. Anybody else? You can be on any subject you want about your child, about your, about your son, your daughter, grandchild. Just going to give you a couple minutes to give you an opportunity to talk. Aren't your kids wonderful? Don't they give you a lot of pleasure? Don't you? You know, I, my boys gave me a lot of pleasure as they grew up. And I think the, the things I remember more about my sons were the things that gave me so much pleasure about them. No matter what it was, I remember the things that, that, that were beyond the normal and just wonderful things about my kids. And as I watch my grandkids grow up, I, I pay attention more. I'm able to help with those children completely different than the way I raised mine. In Joshua 1, verses 1, 5 through 9, a lot of you men have heard this, these scriptures but no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Now this is God talking to Joshua. He's heading, getting ready to cross over. Now for 40 years, and most of you know these stories, but for 40 years, these children's parents died off. These are the, the children that Parents would not follow through. They would not stay on the right train with God. They continued to get off the wrong train. They continued to do the wrong things. And finally, God says, no more. You're not going to cross over into the land of milk and honey, the promised land. You're not going. And so they're, they're dying off. And as the last parents die off, the children that remain, the, young, the ones that were 20 years and younger, those are the ones that are crossing the Jordan now. With Joshua and Caleb is the only ones left of that age group. Because they did right in sight of the Lord. And so we're looking at this time that these, these nude fathers, which in the Bible, in the Old Testament especially, men led. Amen? They always led. They protected their families. They made sure their families were safe. They made sure their families had what they needed. They were men of God. And they were going to follow God to the strictest of laws that God gave them. So they're crossing over to the Jordan. And Joshua gets these wonderful words. It says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Now if I just could reach out and say to you men and fathers today that this is the same. This, these promises are good for me too and good for you. And there's stipulations to the promises. We can't be on the wrong train and expect God to take care of us. I've got to be on the right 
place where God wants me to be. I got to do what he tells me to do. So no man, in other words, in no man, no matter what it is, if our faith leads us, we can see the remarkable works of God. But fathers, your faith needs to lead you into areas you never thought possible you could go to. You need to go with God through faith. And it tells us here, no man shall stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. All the fathers say this, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Fathers, please say that. That's God speaking to you. Be strong, and we'll see this word strong several times, but be strong and of good courage. So I, I looked at that word strong. You're going to read it two or three more times as we go through a few verses. And I, I, what does strong mean? Is it, is it physically strong? Is that, is that the strength that God's really talking about? It? And as courageous, is it, what does this courage and courageous mean? Strong. I, you know, one of the things I have to be strong in more than anything is my confidence in God. Would you, would you fathers agree with me? I have to be confident in the God I follow. I have to be confident that what he tells me, what he promised me, will take place. And that confidence builds strength. It makes me strong in the truth of God. It makes me strong to know that no matter what the government comes down on my back or anything else, God has got my back. Amen? He's got me. I have to follow the word of God, and everything else is okay. No matter what takes, goes on around me. So I, I have to be strong, and I have to be confident in the Word of God to be strong. And as I get confident in God, Brad, stand up just for a second, Brad. I'm just going to use for a minute. You know it's Father's Day. Brad had a problem playing basketball. He's got a nice shot, though, right, Brad? Oh, yeah. Do you hear, then that's confident, right? Do you hear that? Everybody say, oh, yeah. That's confident. But see, back in the day, you could see the confidence is flow away he'd get out there and he'd bing miss a few shots here and there and he'd just quit shooting he'd lose his confidence because he just could didn't have it anymore he thought he could just go out there and three pointers all day long and when it didn't happen confidence left so if you look at that standpoint you look at the things that take place around us you can sit down brad Sometimes the things around us as a father, we think, I don't know what's taking place around my life. I don't understand any of this. And Satan will love to take your confidence because when your confidence leaves, your strength leaves. And we lose our focus where God intends us to be. So be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. So as they cross over the Jordan, all this land of milk and honey is going to be given to them. And vineyards and houses that they did not build. All kinds of things are going to be given to them. Only be strong again and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. God knew that as the time was going to progress, he knew what was going to happen. He knew Jericho was coming up. He knew the, the country of Ai was getting ready to come up. He knew that there was 30 armies that were going to come up against Israel in this next time frame, in this battle with Joshua. 30 different armies, 30 different enemies, all that sin coming after them. 
three different major wars would take place. That peace would be hard to, it looked like, I thought I was in the land of milk and honey. I'm following God through every, everything he says, but here we go again, back to, the, back to the fights, back to the battles. Because fathers, that's what happens in the world we live in. It's just one battle after the next, but I know what God gave me. And I know that he promised me. And so through every battle and through every storm and everything that takes place, I'm going to stay with God. Amen? I don't care where the government goes. I don't care where anything goes. I'm staying with God. And I'm going to be safe there. That's the only place I know I'm safe because my Father keeps me safe. Amen? That a, uh, my eyes not so much on this world as it is on the kingdom of God. On my life after this life, my eternal life, not a few years of this crazy battles we live in, but a life of eternity. In my life of eternity, I want my children and my grandchildren to be right there with me. Don't you? Isn't your children and your grandchildren worth your character and your integrity to live for the Lord? Isn't it worth getting on the right train and staying there? Do you not know that your child of this high is watching everything you do, Dad? Do you not know he hears every word you say? And those characters are being built and formed in young ages. That's not to say that a child can't change because God can do anything he wants. Look at Ray. <laughs> Look at Brad. Look at myself. Look at you. God can do whatever he wants. Amen? Aren't you glad for grace, dads? Because sometimes we don't do it right. Sometimes we do not do it right. But grace comes in and takes care of us. And mercy Verse 7 again says, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. What does it say about all the law? All. See, God doesn't give us an out. No matter if the Old Testament or New Testament, he doesn't give us an out. He doesn't say you can, you can abide by whatever way you want to. He says you have to do by all of it. All of it. He said, well, that's too hard to do. Well, it's because you don't want to do it. It's just because you don't want to do it. Because it's not too hard to do. In fact, it's, it's not difficult at all. It's just all according to what train you want to be on. Because God can change your heart. I don't care if you're a man or a woman, mother or father. God changes the heart, and you follow the heart that God gives you. You're going to be fine. Amen? You teenagers listening? Yeah, your days are coming quick. You know, I had a high school teacher when I was about sophomore in high school in biology class. and I, I, This is one of these few words I've never forgotten. It, it blows my mind because he looked at us one day and he said, uh, I want to tell all you kids in here one day, sophomores and juniors, and he says, the next five years, a lot of you are going to be married and have kids. And I looked at him and I thought, you're nuts. Man, I live at home with my mom and dad. I think he's good. I got, a, I got a life planned out. What are you talking about? I'm about, you know, I'm about 16, 17 years old. What are you talking about next five years? Five years, that is forever. There ain't no way. You crazy old man, just teach and shut up. <laughs> it didn't take five years. <laughs> it only took three or four years. You right here? Five years. For most of you. 
five years, and you'll become mothers and fathers, husbands and wives, different lives, different things all together. And if you'll live in the right area today, you listen to me. Enjoy your life. Enjoy your age. Enjoy it. But enjoy it right. Enjoy it right. You do not have to live in this world in the wrong train. You do not have to live there. You can enjoy the life God's given you and bring so many people with you. Why do we always want to go to the wrong train instead of the right train? Why do your friends always want to go to the wrong train? Why do you think? Because Satan makes it look so wonderful. And you guys are just old fogey-dogies and crazy people. Watch your step. Watch your friends. Watch it. Who you hang with, most likely who you become. Go ahead, please. This book of the law, it's talking about the Word of God. When I was in high school, I told you before, I used to carry a New Testament in my pocket and people would make fun of me. And I let it grab a hold of me. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, I know you can't memorize, or some of you may be able to memorize this whole Bible. I can't. But I can memorize what it is. I can memorize the truth out of it. I can memorize the promises that God gave me. I can memorize phrases. I can memorize words. I can understand. I may not know exactly where it's at right there in the Bible, but I can understand it's in there. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. That's... Meditate. Spend time in the Word of God. Let your children See the Bible on your desk. Let them see it on the bedside. Let it see it on the, on the table sitting next to your bed. Let them see it. Let them know that it, this book called the Holy Bible is part of my dad. It's part of my mom. It's part of my life. That there is something different. My dad, my mom, they have character. They have integrity. And I guess they got it from that one book that you never see them without. I, I don't understand where else it could come from. It's got to come from, from that book called the Bible. Because it seems like they're always phrasing it or saying something from it or telling me a story from it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will be, have good success. This is words from God to Joshua, to us. Have I not commanded you? See that word commandment? That's, that's a powerful word from God. He commands us to do these things. It's not a request. As so many of us want to shrug things off. It's not. It's a commandment. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. And that strong, again, is confidence in God. To me, it's this confidence to have truth and love of God. Is everybody okay? Nobody getting tired? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. You know, that, is, that phrase, do not be afraid, is probably the most, the, the, the phrase in the Bible more, more recorded and more spoke of more than any other is do not be afraid over and over and over again. Do not be afraid. We see it from 
Gabriel in different spots in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. God's always telling us, do not be afraid. Why do you think God puts those few words in there? Because he knows the world we live in. He knows He knows the people around us. He knows the surroundings. He knows. He knew that in 2016, he knew this country is about to fall apart. He knew it. But he's telling us as a church, as fathers, do not be afraid of what your surroundings look like, Dad. Because I'm your father, and I will take care of you. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. There's the word dismayed. In other words, be shocked of what's taking place. They were getting ready to fight battles where men and women would live and die. Different battles than we fight today. But I look at those battles as some wonderful spiritual battles that we fight. Where I can see good men and good women not make it. They fail over and over again and they fall. But then I can look around and see a church full of good men and women that love the Lord and they're making it every day. For the Lord, your God is with you wherever, everybody say, you go. Where's God with you? Wherever you go. At your schools, at your jobs, in your homes, wherever you go. Courageous living is looking beyond the comfortable to the uncomfortable. Deuteronomy 31, 6, be strong and of good courage. There's that word strong again, be strong and of good courage. He just re- continues to repeat himself. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Dad, you get that? Say something. Go ahead, please. Dads, if you're on the right train where courage and patience are learned and lived, then enjoy the life and family that God has given you. Dads, I just want to ask a question to the dads right now. Are you enjoying your life? Say something. You're enjoying your life? Man, you know how blessed you are? Do you know how blessed you are, dads? A lot of you, most of you got good wives that love you. You got wonderful children that are in church and growing up completely different than the world. You are so blessed, dads. You're so blessed. You should be so encouraged. Now, just for you dads for a moment, what does your family think about you? Do they feel safe around you? Do they feel safe? Do they feel that you'll protect them? Do they know that you will correct them? Do they know that, dads? It's important. Timothy is like a child of the Apostle Paul, and Paul's writing to him. And he says here in verse, 1 Timothy 6, verses 11 and 12, and we're going to close. Brooke, come on up, please. But you, O man of God, there's another phrase, but you, O man of God, said a lot in the Old Testament. It means a man that speaks for God. It doesn't have to be a, a preacher or a priest or, or somebody like that. It's a man that speaks for God. It's a man. It's a father. And right here in this New Testament, right here we see it. One of the only times we see it here in the New Testament. But you, old man of God, and it's Paul talking to a, his son. It's not his blood son, but it's a son anyway. He says, flee these things, the things that verse 10 and a few verses past. One of them is about money and greed. 
He said, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. So the Apostle Paul is, is warning us about the things of this world that wants to distract our families and our lives. And he tells us to flee it. And he says, men, oh, oh man of God. In other words, you fathers that are speaking the truth to your families, no matter whether they want to hear it or not, that does not matter. What matters is what God tells you to do with your family. Amen? And I know kids, when they get older, especially when they get in their 20s, and shoot, I got one in his 140 already. I don't look that old, do I? Don't say a word. You know, but I, I think one of, things, one of the things I tried to teach my boys, and more than anything, and, and the other judge to that, is character matters and integrity matters. Work hard. Live your life. Live your life and have joy in it. Live it for the Lord. Have fun with your life. You're not going to get another one. Some things we can't control. We have to leave those things up to God and allow God to go down that righteous path as long as we're with him. He'll clean things up in your life. You just keep praying. You got a, if you've got a teenager or a son or daughter that's giving you fits right now, I, I, I want to tell you something. Once they get past that age 18, unless they're still living in your house, you can still do something about it then. Prayer is the most powerful thing you can do, and it's always the most powerful thing you can do. It's the one thing I see over and over again God answering his prayers. Continues, continues to answer prayers. But you, O oh man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness. Get on the right train. Godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight. Everybody say faith. Fight the good fight of faith. If you hadn't heard the sermon last week, I'll tell you again, you need to go back and listen to it. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. What's that? Paul trying to tell his son, Timothy, lay hold of eternal life. In other words, when things take place in your life, understand that this is the life I'm living in, but I have another life, and it's called eternity. It's called eternity. Lay hold of that eternal life. Recognize that I have a life far beyond this life. And I want my family to be with me. Will Brad be my son and Ray in heaven? Absolutely. I'll never forget they're my sons. But they've got a, a father so much better than me. And it's called the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? I just want to reflect. Just reflect a little bit of what God's given me upon their lives. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. What does that mean? It means fathers... If you haven't been baptized yet, if you haven't been a good witness for your family, isn't it about time you did that? Isn't it about time you was a good witness to the people in your family, the people around you? Isn't it about time? If you've not accepted the Lord in your life, how in the world can you be on the right train? You don't even want to be on it. But if God's tugging at that heart, and I don't care if your mom or dad, if, if God's tugging at that heart and he's telling you, he says, I love you. I want you to have the best life possible. 
until eternity takes hold. And then you're really going to have a good life forever and ever. You can have it. You can have it. Will there be battles and wars and all that? Of course there will be. We live in a sinful nature of a world. But if you don't take your focus off of God, you can get by. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and confessed. In other words, I've confessed to God my sins. I've confessed it. People know about it. I'm not ashamed of being a man, a child of God, a man of God anymore. I'm not ashamed of it. In the presence of many witnesses. I'm not just in my closet hiding away saying, God, I'm, I want to be your child right here in this closet, but, but I don't know if I'm ready to go out and tell the world. If you're a child of God, the world should know. Amen? And I'm going to be better off. The world will know. You can't hide something like that. You just can't hide it. I got many hats up here. I only brought these up here because we put on, Dad, you put on a lot of different hats. You do. You put a hat on of silliness and fun and just a wonderful hat. They just, your kids just love you no matter what. And you put on those hats and, and you have a wonderful time with your family. You put on hats of vacations and, and different memories that you make with your family. You're making memories for your kids. I don't know what memories my kids have of me, but I made memories with them. I did things with them. I had great time with them. And you know what? I'm going to have an eternity with them. My goodness. And there's also the hat that says, I'm dad. Sit down and shut up and listen to me. Listen to me. I'm your dad. I've been here before. I love you. I love you. You're my precious child. I love you. But you need to listen. Words for the week. When fathers what? When fathers get on board with Jesus, they're what? What? Thrive. Give it to them, please. Everybody read that. When fathers get on board with Jesus, their families thrive. Question for the week. Which train are you on, Dad, Mom? And where is it heading? Where is it heading? Are you doing everything you can do to get your family with you? Are you? Are you really? I hope so. Let's stand. I'm going to open up the tables. If you belong to Jesus Christ, you're welcome at these tables. Dads, if there's something that you need to confess in front of the Lord, you need to do it. You need to be a witness for the Lord. Your family needs to see you do it. 
there's sin in your life, you need to go to your wife and then take it to your children in deep prayer. And then take it to the church, the people. Get it out of your life. Take it to the altar of God. I know dads deal with a lot of things in this world we live in. Not only start talking about all the filth and stuff around us, you already know. You already know. Please clean yourself up so your family can thrive. There's a lot of good men in this church. A lot of good men. There's a lot of you. I know you love your families deeply and you're doing everything possible. And God sees every action. Amen? And he's taking care of you day by day. Remember the battles are there. They're real. And Satan will not quit. But my God is powerful. And he loves me. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, Lord, I ask you to take us on a wonderful journey with our families. A journey, Father, that never, will never, ever end. Lord, we are so blessed to call you Father. And Lord, as men of God, our families are blessed that you've called us out of sin into a world that many will never know. Thank you for blessing us, Lord. Thank you for your grace. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said? You want to come to the tables, you're welcome to. Enjoy the Lord this morning.